the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Sideline Sanity with me, Michelle Tafoya, presented by Legacy Precious Metals. There has never been a better time to invest in precious metals. Go to LegacyPMInvestments.com, LegacyPMInvestments.com. Coming up, when will the price of gas begin to come down? If ever, we've got some answers. For nearly three decades, she's reported the action from the sidelines. She started very young. She's covered the NBA, NFL, Olympics, and the college football and basketball national championships. And now, during these insane times in our world, Michelle Tafoya thinks we need a serious dose of sanity. This is Sideline Sanity with your host, one of the sanest people on planet Earth, Michelle Tafoya. Something I've wanted to talk about a lot for a long time is gas prices, the energy s- sector, just what is going on that has everyone in America with their eyes popping out whenever they fill their tanks. So joining us is Daniel Turner from Power the Future. Daniel, I've seen you on business shows uh, all over television, radio, so I'm glad you took time for us. I appreciate it. What is the biggest question that you are getting right now as we sit here in the summer of 2022? Yeah, probably the most frequent one. And first, thanks for having me on. Uh, uh, great to be with you. The, the question I hear all the time now is the one that's pressing in, in the immediacy, which is when are gas prices going to come down? Um, and there's not an easy answer to that because, unfortunately, the energy industry is it's really complex. It's really complicated. It's very nuanced. There's tons of moving parts and like any industry, when when elected officials who don't know anything about it yeah. start to tinker, they muck things up. And and the whole industry right now is is reeling from a year and a half of Biden policies. There's a lot of uncertainty, and obviously we'll get into all this in more detail. Um, but when people say when are gas prices coming down, they're not really anytime soon. Uh, or if they are, they're not coming down for good reasons because we have people calling the shots who don't know what they're doing. Well, that's troubling to hear. I mean, it's not a surprise for me to hear that the politicians don't know what they're doing. They don't know all these ins and outs and nuances of the energy sector. It doesn't surprise me. It angers me, and I'm sure it's got to frustrate you and your constituents as to all the decisions that are being made. And and I've got this timeline in front of me of, of Joe Biden's decisions. And I'll tell you what, the day he was inaugurated, and the first thing he did was revoke approval for the Keystone XL pipeline. My stomach went in a bit of a knot. I thought, are you kidding me? This is the first major action he's taking. And to me, it set the tone for what this presidency was going to do in terms of the economy, in terms of fossil fuels, in terms of the energy sector. And I thought it was a a really dramatic move that would have long-term implications. What did you think when it happened? 
Oh, absolutely. And it sent the initial signal, right, uh, uh, how this industry was going to be treated by the Biden administration. And I'm glad you mentioned Keystone because it's very emblematic of the larger energy problem. Um, you know, Keystone, I, I hear all the time people, you know, tweet at me, Keystone was never operational. Keystone wasn't. And, and you're right, it wasn't. But what was built into Keystone were, were future prices because we've been bringing oil down from Alberta, Canada to the Gulf Coast for refining for decades. Um, but it comes on rail car. Uh, each rail car can carry around 65,000 barrels of oil. Each rail car can have around... Uh, you know, 65 barrels, and they're only about 100, you know, when you sh uh, line them all up, only about 100 cars per trip. And anyone who's been through the Midwest or in rural America has sometimes been stuck behind those mile-long trains <laughs> that go pretty slowly, right? Yeah. So your your listeners know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Um, and usually two of those trains came a day. So, you know, maybe 120, 130,000 barrels a day. Well, Keystone was going to bring around 850,000 barrels a day. And so built into this expectation was the Canadian production side, was the American refining side saying, this is great. This is coming online and oil and gas prices are future thinking. So by cutting off Keystone day one, yes, we didn't decrease the amount of oil in our current supply. We, we just continued to use the rail cars, but we sent a very clear signal that all this preparatory work the industry had been doing in preparation for Keystone was for naught. And the billions of dollars spent on the pipeline was gone. And, and, and Alberta's increased production and got, Trudeau must have been livid. He was livid, even though he tries to play the green card, yeah. because this is a huge part of the Canadian economy. Um, and, and so Keystone is such a good example of the stupidity of the Biden administration's actions. One last thing on Keystone, you know, every rail car burns around 70,000 gallons of diesel. Now, I don't have a problem with that because I, I'm a fossil fuel advocate um, and I'm never going to play the game that 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 fossil fuels are bad. Um, but that is 70,000 gallons worth of diesel that has to be paid for. Keystone wouldn't have had 70,000 barrels per trip. Um, so the cost of the oil was going to be even cheaper um, and if you do care about emissions, right, if you're all caught up in the emissions context, well, then 70,000 barrels of diesel twice a day is a big deal. Yeah. So Keystone was an only bad economic decision. If you're bought into the green agenda, it was a bad green decision. And that's where we are. Well, I think Ripple that people have, people have this first stage thinking, right? They go, oh, got to stop an oil pipeline because, and they go to one step. But they don't go through those steps that you just talked about. Futures, yeah. uh, the the price or the the oil, um, the fossil fuel outputs of these trains taking them. To, they don't go through the next steps. And so the, the people are doing the same thing with battery-powered cars. Battery-powered cars, yay. But they yeah. don't go the next step toward where are the batteries manufactured? What yeah. does it take to manufacture them? And how much fossil fuel does it require to dig for whatever the lithium or whatever it takes to create the battery. They don't go that second, third, fourth, fifth stage. No. That's what annoyed me so much about whenever the Keystone pipeline was brought up to the press secretary or the president, they said, Oh, that wouldn't have made a difference. Anyway, the, as you said, the energy sector factors in futures, you know, what the outlook is. And to me, like you said, it just sent such a clear message that. And I love that expression. You just used of, 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 of 
uh, first phase or first stage thinking. Uh, yeah. Because that's what government does, right? We saw this all the time with, with a lot of the COVID decisions. And the only people who think through stage two and three and four and five and 27 is the private sector because they have to. Their livelihood depends on it. So an example of what the energy industry is experiencing, which we saw in COVID, you know, I have a farm here. I'm in rural Virginia. Um, I have a lot of farmer friends. I have friends who uh, are egg farmers. And they were saying how, well, when COVID first hit, you know, we were allowed to stay open because eggs are essential to the economy. But the people who make our egg cartons, they had to close their factory. So now I'm producing <laughs> eggs and I can't package them. So I'm throwing them away or they were giving them away. And that's what phase two thinking is to say, well, wait yeah. a second. What's going to happen if we do this? That's what the Biden administration is doing with energy. We're going to say no more drilling. Great. What's step two? Step three? Step 27? They don't yeah. ever get and they never get judged. This is what... It angers me about the left right now and, and in, in context of culture. They never get judged on their actions. They only get judged on their intentions. It's one of the things Rush Limbaugh, may you rest in peace, always talked about. The left's intentions are to protect the earth, but your actions are destroying lives. Wow, don't judge me on that. Yeah, I, I, it that's very well said, and it's a good jumping off point for you know everything that's fallen since then. So we hear about drilling and the restrictions put on drilling by this administration. And there's pushback saying, Oh, there are so many, uh, I guess, what, what do they call them when you, you're allowed to drill like a uh, license to drill or whatever that aren't being used and yada, yada. Yeah. And it's this, it's this fight of words and, and we don't dig further and the media doesn't do its job all the time of digging further and asking the next question of why not? Where are we right now in terms of, you know, being able to produce fossil fuels, refine fossil fuels here in America versus, yeah. let's say, three years ago? Well, just the, the example that you said of the leases, 9,000 leases. We've heard about leases, that Leases, that's the word. Leases. Biden just said it the other day, right? They got 9,000 leases. How don't they use them? 9,000 sounds like a lot, but in context, what if in a good year – I told you it should be around 65,000 leases. Mm -hmm. And you're like, well, suddenly nine is not very many. So even that 9,000 without a denominator didn't really make a lot of sense. But the media ran with it. 9,000 leases. How come they're not using them? Great. You have, and, and the example I use all the time, because a lot of your, your viewers right now know this, you have uh, land use, right? You have permits to act uh, for land. Um, can you dig a well? No, you got to get the county permit. Can you dig septic? Well, no, you got to get someone else's permit. What about your foundation for your house? Can you build a barn, right? Can you, all the steps you want to do. And then the press secretary is saying, oh, Michelle Tafoya doesn't have a house on her. She has a lease. Where's the house? It's like, well, I'd love to build the house and the septic and the well and the barn and the drainage. But, but all of these require permits and all of them are controlled by the government. So, you know, I'm not an anarchist by any means, but we need to cooperate with government. So we have 9,000 leases to drill. The next step is called ROW, right-of-way permitting. Because I got land, can I drill my exploratory well? No, that's being held up. Once I get an exploratory permit, can I actually get an extraction permit? That's another set of permits. Now I can extract my oil from the ground. Am I allowed to transport it? That's another set of permits. Well, then why am I going to drill an exploratory well if I can't get the, the permitting for extraction, if I can't get the permit to transport, well, then I'm just going to sit on my lease. And that's exactly what, and you know, the Biden and the Obama administration did these same stupid games with us. 
And, and then they like to throw it on us saying, well, look at you with your, your, your lease. How come you're not building a house? It's like, well, you know why? Because you're not giving me any of the necessary permits. That's why. Oh, and again, it becomes this game of words and people have chosen their sides. So which set of words are they going to believe in? And the, the real depth and the truth and the texture of it don't come out to the public in a way that it needs to. That's why we have you here. When we come back, we're going to talk about selling some oil to China. Is this true? Is this false? What do we need to know right back? You ever notice how when you gather a group for dinner and you're sitting around at the dinner table, you solve all the world's problems? One of my favorite U.S. presidents, Ronald Reagan, once said, all great change in America starts at the dinner table. And great food starts at Good Ranchers. So what is Good Ranchers? You know when you go into the grocery store and you look for grass-fed beef? Well, 85% of it is imported. Not from Good Ranchers. It's all grown and harvested right here in the United States of America. They guarantee it. And it's delivered straight to your door. They deliver 100% American meat to your door. And the taste is always great. You know, and it's not as though you get one shipment and it's pretty good. Every shipment of Good Ranchers is excellent. Ask my two teenagers, who I can rarely get to agree on anything. They love Good Ranchers, all of their products. The packages of beef, chicken, seafood, Hey, you throw a little salt and pepper on them. Some of them come pre-seasoned, which is really nice. Throw them on the grill, throw them in the oven to bake, and you're good to go. Uh, as I said, every delivery is going to be exceptional with Good Ranchers. And right now, well, we've got a deal for you. Use my code TAFOYA, T-A-F-O-Y-A, to get $30 off your order, plus get free express shipping. You can make gatherings at the table common again. You can solve a bunch of problems with Good Ranchers. Take advantage of this offer, though, before it's gone. Go to GoodRanchers.com slash Tafoya, T-A-F-O-Y-A, to start bringing people to the table, creating change at your dinner table in America, solve the world's problems, and eating seriously delicious food from Good Ranchers. They support us. We support them. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-702-5400. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in... Anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-702-5400. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-702-5400. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. Power of the Future, Daniel Turner is with us, and we're talking about oil, and we're talking about gas prices. So there's this strategic energy oil reserve, right? What is that for, Daniel? So that was set up um, uh, in the 1970s as a response to the oil embargo. Um, 
And it is around 800 million barrels of oil. It's a lot of oil. 800 million barrels strategically placed throughout the country for emergency purposes. The, the, the Carter administration realized um, that, look, say we ever really are in a glut, and whether it's a war, whether it's a natural disaster, say we really are in a, in a moment of crisis, we can't not have oil, right? We've got to move humanitarian aid. We've got to move, God forbid, military personnel, right? So we need oil. So they put aside these 800 million barrels uh, for emergency purposes. Uh, the last time it was used on mass was when Hurricane Katrina hit, right? And it makes sense because the Gulf yep. Coast took a, took a big hit. And this was to, to, to stabilize our economy. It was never supposed to be a hedge against rising prices. But that's what the Biden administration did. You know, if you're Joe Biden and, and oil is at $123 a barrel and your poll numbers are tanking, your advisors say, well, release from the strategic reserves. Um, and so on March 31st, he said, I'm going to release a million barrels a day uh, and we're going to put it in the domestic supply. And that will, by laws of economics, if you increase the supply, the price will come down. That is what they told us was going to happen. Did it happen? No. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think so. <laughs> I didn't think so. And that's so. what was amazing. Everyone said for the first time ever, you know, maybe Adam Smith was wrong. How come the supply was increased, but the price kept going up? Uh, demand wasn't necessarily increasing. What was wrong? And now you realize, well, we weren't actually releasing the supply to the American producers. We, the Biden administration was selling it on the world stage. Uh, the Netherlands bought a lot of the oil. Uh, India bought a lot of the oil. And of course, communist China bought a lot of, uh, of, of the oil. And, and so two things we need to figure out because they can happen simultaneously. One, either President Biden lied when he said on March 31st, this was going to be used domestically to bring down prices. Or two, he genuinely thought that was what was happening, but someone in his administration decided to sell the oil, our oil. Right? Biden doesn't own any oil. This is right. the American. Right, exactly. This is what's so this is what's so irksome about this, is that this is the United States possession, right? Yeah. And and we are the ones that are hurting at the gas pump. And yet the decision to sell it to other countries was made. Uh, this is so nonsensical to me. In addition to which we didn't know about it. In addition to which you're selling it to communist China, who clearly <laughs> has no good intentions toward the United States of America. Yeah. What do you, wh where, so you said either Biden didn't know or he, what, what do you. So either Biden didn't know and he genuinely believed that, that this was what was happening or, uh, or he did know and they had made this plan to sell it. And, and if Biden genuinely believed that, that we were releasing it domestically, well, then someone else made a different decision. And now we've got a shadow president, which, you know, quite frankly, a lot of people speculate on a regular basis anyway. Yeah. Yeah. But if Biden says we're releasing a million barrels a day and then someone's like, actually, no, China's going to buy 950,000. Well, well, who is that person and what authority do they have to sell? Heck, why can't we go to Fort Knox right now and sell our gold? Right. If we'd make money. Right. Why can't we sell our our water? Why can't we sell our fishing rights across the entire you know, Pacific coast? Why, why not? We'd make good money. So it's just fascinating that the Biden administration looks at our 
strategic reserves, our strategic raw materials of any sort. Hey, Hillary sold all of our uranium to Russia, so <laughs> I guess America is for sale, depending upon who's president. Uh, this is really astonishing, and I've heard the allegations multiple times. I just have to ask the question: Who's getting to the bottom of this? Like, where you know, this story is out there. Uh, where there's smoke, there's very often fire. The truth may be somewhere in the middle, but who's going to determine it for us? And I just don't see the again the the media doing well, its I mean, job remember, in this regard. If you can it's, rewind back to twenty, the, the new attorney general uh, had to recuse himself because he had worked on the campaign of then Mr. Donald Trump. And uh, so, who's getting to the bottom of it? They run the DOJ. I don't think Merrick Garland's going to recuse himself. I don't think there's going to be any voices in Congress demanding. And and you know, and to use an example of the weakness sometimes of the right. Paul Ryan was speaker and Mitch McConnell was 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 uh, majority leader and they still made Jeff Sessions recuse himself for this secret into this this critical investigation. Well, this is a critical investigation. Is someone in the White House selling our natural resources to communist China and no one's being asked to recuse themselves, no one's calling for an investigation. It's just again, the left just gets away with it over and over again. I just wonder if everyone's waiting until November and the midterms shift the balance of power in the House and then they can start these investigations. That that would be my strongest reason to, to vote Republican uh, as an independent, um, to vote Republican in November, simply so we can get to the bottom of this stuff. I mean, again, yeah. we've seen some attachments between Hunter Biden and China that really make you scratch your head. Yeah. And when, you know... I, nothing against the Chinese people, but the Chinese government is pretty brutal. Uh, they've got, they're committing genocide over there. There's slavery going on, something that we bemoan about our history all the time. Yeah. And yet we seem to tolerate it in other places that make a lot of our tennis shoes that we wear, yes. sneakers, trainers, whatever you want to call them. And so this is, this one is really bothersome to me. And I, you know, I, I, I uh, okay. So when we come back, we're going to wrap up with Daniel Turner. A couple more questions about the energy, energy sector, where we go from here, and what his general sense is of the feelings out there in America about fossil fuels right after this. Well, since November of last year, the stock market has absolutely plummeted. But you know what's been on the rise? Gold. Gold has been on the rise. Meanwhile, gas prices are insane. That's what we're talking about today. The stock market is extremely volatile. Inflation is worse than it's been in 40 years. And now we have this war with Russia and Ukraine, and we all hope and pray that's coming to an end. The markets don't like instability, but the good news is you have options. Gold prices are rising as investors turn to gold for protection. Because gold provides a hedge against inflation and it protects against a weakening dollar. Legacy Precious Metals, LegacyPMInvestments.com. It's the only place I trust when investing in gold and silver because you need an investment that's going to protect your wealth and protect your retirement. Call Legacy Precious Metals today. Just ask them your questions and be proactive while there is still some time. Because remember back in 2008, those who invested in gold saw huge gains and Others simply lost their retirements. Legacy Precious Metals can advise you on all of your options. What have you got to lose by giving them a call? 866-528-1903. 866-528-1903. Give them a call. 
And you can speak to an IRA expert, by the way, who can give you all of those options. Or you can download their free investor's guide at LegacyPMInvestments.com, LegacyPMInvestments.com. Back with Daniel Turner, Power the Future. How are we going to power the future, Daniel? Because it, we right now we have a president and an administration that came in, you know, they look, they campaigned against fossil fuels, right? And so far they've lived up to that word. They've really gone after energy companies, oil producers, and said, we're going all green. But, but again, we get this first stage thinking, shouldn't this be a gradual process where you don't just tell everyone in 2022, you've got to buy an electric vehicle now, because we're switching. I, I, that to me just doesn't yeah. seem to make sense. Well, it's it's always the case when the state mandates something from central planning that, that rarely, if ever, has it succeeded. And so you just look around the world for the countries that have embraced uh, unreliable green technology or who have embraced an anti-fossil fuel agenda faster than America. And, and look at what's happening. Look what's going on in Sri Lanka, right? Their, their former prime minister... Um, was was winning praise around the world for his decision to to ban fossil fuel uh, fertilizers and pesticides, and and he unleashed a famine on his country. Right again, I as a fossil fuel advocate, I, I make this caveat: I don't play into or I don't buy into the notion that fossil fuels are bad or they're dirty or they're. I just don't buy that language. I feel like that's imposed on us. But I'll just play these games along. Um, fossil fuel fertilizers have, have fed the world, right? I, I, you know, it's the reason why the population is growing. Uh, Paul Ehrlich in the 70s said we were all going to die. The population bomb, we couldn't possibly sustain mankind. Right. And we've more than doubled since then. And we've doubled because of fossil fuels. We've been able to grow more uh, uh, food for less money in, in more arid climates and locations. And we've moved the population of the world from poverty to to the middle class. And so, you know, where are we going as a country? As they tell us, buy a green vehicle, buy, uh, we have to go solar, solar, wind, we have to transition. Texas is a great example. As we're doing this right now, I've been tweeting about Texas the last couple of days. They have invested $66 billion in wind power, and it's only generating about 8% of their electricity, which what's 8% of 66 billion. So that means there's, you know, there's, there's 50 some odd billion dollars just sitting idle on the field. Why is it not working? The wind's not blowing. It's not, it's no one's fault. It's not climate change's fault, right? It's, it's, I guess it's the Lord Almighty's fault. Why are you not making the wind blow? But it's not, right? And so more investment doesn't make the wind blow any, any stronger. But what is happening is Texans are now paying really high electricity rates because in their scramble to keep the grid alive, they've got to buy fossil fuels and, and, and power up plants. Um, and Texas is being told, hey, everyone, raise your thermostat to 78 degrees. And if you can, don't do laundry until 8 p.m. Texas in the year 2022. I mean, I watched, I didn't watch Texas at uh, Dallas as a kid because it was too adult themed, right? But you knew it was on. <laughs> right. Do you remember Crystal Harrington ever saying like, well, can't do laundry today? Because this is Dallas, right? This is the energy capital of the world. That's what's so striking about this. When you talk about Texas, I'm trying to understand who in Texas made these decisions. I'm sure yes. they were with the best intentions, right? I'm sure they intended it to go well. But didn't yeah. we also have a situation in Texas where the windmills 
froze during a storm or something froze and then there was this energy dropout or yes. I, I don't know. Last I, February, yes. and 246 people died and not one of them got a statue, right? Not, not one of them got a memorial, uh, um, you know, and they died of the elements, which is what's tragic. They died because they literally froze to death. Um, they froze to death because the wind turbines had to be turned off. And, and just, you know, for clarity, and I'll be honest, uh, the, the wind turbines didn't freeze. They weren't strategically turned okay. off because okay. as they spin, if ice is landing on the blades, they come out of calibration or they, they start projecting the ice. And so they okay. usually turn off wind turbines in bad storms like that. To, to save them. Well, if they're turned off, they're not working. But you know what works in windstorms and, and hailstorms? Fossil fuels. And you can hate them. So your initial question, what do people think about fossil fuels? You can hate big oil. I understand it's a pejorative. You can hate the fossil fuel industry. You can think they're dirty. But I got to tell you, if you're an American in 2022, you love your life. You love your, you love sitting on the couch. It's Amazon Prime Day. How many of us have sat on the couch on our phone, clicked a couple buttons, and within 24 hours, you got new 1800 count uh, sheets? Right? And, and where do they think those the sheets, like, food. how do they think they got those sheets transported to them? I, I mean, yeah, exactly. they didn't come by electronics, you know, like some EV drone. There, yeah. we see the trucks, we see all of this. There's such a disconnect in terms of the communication, it seems to me. Huge. Or again, it's that first stage thinking, I want clean air. I want clean water. Big oil, bad. Yeah. Stop big oil. But no one goes past that first stage and thinks, okay, so then what? So yeah. then what? Now and, what? And a, a great example of this, and I'm not knocking the congresswoman because she's an easy foil for the fossil fuel community. But an easy example of this is Congresswoman Ocasio-Cortez. When she was early on in her in her coming of prominence, she was doing a very famous Instagram video. She was cutting up fruit. She was talking about the polar vortex in New York City. And, and, and it was tragic to see that nowhere in her mind did she realize that this fruit that she's cutting up in New York during a polar vortex, broadcasting to the world, is only possible because of fossil fuels. She can afford this fruit at a price point that her local store could could sell it, and it came 5,000 miles away, 10,000 miles away, probably from Chile in the middle of February in New York City, all because of fossil fuels. And rather than celebrate that and say, you know, this is pretty awesome. This strawberry was picked three days ago, and now I'm eating it, and I'm talking to you fine folks, and it's negative 15 degrees but rather than celebrate that, they just denigrate it. And they say, we have to get rid of this. Well, you get, you know, you first, yeah. John Kerry, you your private jet, you first, yeah. and then, and the rest of us will follow. It's, it's almost astonishing the hypocrisy or just the, the utter lack of self-awareness uh, about yeah. these issues that we see from our elected leaders. And I, again, I, I'm, I'm baffled as to how people don't ask those very obvious questions. And so that's why I'm trying to give voices like yours and any other sane voice about this, some, some boost, because th this is the kind of information that I don't think people think about it, What do you think as a, as a proponent of fossil fuels, and you've made that clear. And, and I want to ask you when people say to you, yeah, but it's dirty. Yeah, but it's this, uh, you know, all the bad things, big oil. And you've just very well and eloquently stated how good it is for the human race to have these fossil fuels. 
How clean yeah. is American energy relative to Venezuelan or anywhere else that that refines oil in, in the world? Sure. Well, a lot of oil refinery, uh, to use the, the larger phrase clean, depends upon the oil itself. Uh, oil is always rated. They call it light, sweet, crude. You'll hear those expressions. Oil is usually uh, uh, rated by its viscosity, how thick it is, and its sulfuric content, how, how sweet it is. Um, and and uh, oil, for example, from a place like Venezuela, which is very, very, very viscous and has a lot of sulfur, requires an awful lot more effort to refine it. The final product is pretty much the same, okay. right? And it's all blended together, but to get there becomes very dirty. Um, and so the refining capability worldwide changes based upon their own environmental standards, right? I, I, I haven't been to a, a Saudi Arabian refinery. I don't know if they have the same rules that we do here in America. I do know that, that Greenpeace has never chained themselves to one in Saudi Arabia. <laughs> I do know that Greta Thunberg has never gone to China to protest their environmental standards. So America just allows itself to be punched in the face by the world community to say that we're the bad guys, we're the, heck, you know, a great example of this, Michelle, look, 90% of the world's plastic comes from China and we're banning plastic straws. And where's one political leader to say, you know what, if there's garbage in the Pacific Ocean, it's because it came from China across the ocean and landed on California's beach. Don't tell me I have to use this stupid paper straw to drink my latte. It's China that has to clean up their rivers, but they never say that. They just, they, they punish us. So boy, we're like, we really are Puritans as a nation. We just constantly punish ourselves for the sins of others. Uh, we do that quite well and we allow it. And whether you loved or hated Donald Trump, he sort of put his hand up and gave the Heisman to all of that and said, you know, let's, let's look around and we're not going <clears> to <throat> punish ourselves. Um, <laughs> I, I'm, that aside, because again, that's a, a very divisive topic, and you you say the word or mention the name Trump, and suddenly everyone goes, <laughs> ah, you know. So I don't I don't want to create that, but I, I do think that there are a lot of people who have been silenced into this. Yes, I'm virtuous, and yes, I'm I want green energy, and yes, I want peace, and we all do, but sure. we also do a little second, third, fourth, fifth, twenty seventh stage thinking. And understand yeah. what the ramifications of some of these decisions might be and what they are. And so yeah. that, that needs to be discussed. I, I and unfortunately Absolutely. on, on television, most segments are about four or five minutes and we don't get past that first stage thinking very often. And we need to, um, it, final message you'd like to leave our viewers with in terms of, you know, yeah, everyone's freaking out about gas prices. They have been coming down. How do you explain that over the last, I don't know, month they've been coming down? Yeah, well, sadly, they're coming down because uh, going back to the, the laws of economics, we can either increase the supply, which is what Joe Biden's trying to do. He's in the Middle East right now. He's going to talk to the Saudi king tomorrow. So you can increase the supply or you can drive down demand. Uh, and that is what is happening right now. So the markets are saying that the demand is gonna be less six months a year from now because of uh, the, you know, the CPI numbers came out of 9.1% uh, Consumer inflation. price index, right. Uh, highest Consumer in what, index. 40 years? Exactly, right. So all of these things are weighing into the decision to say, uh, we're headed towards some really dark economic times. Citibank said oil it will hit $65 a barrel by the end of the year on demand. 
Um, now, the Biden administration maybe will, will take credit and say, we brought down the price of oil. But if you don't have a job, right, how happy are you that oil is $65 a barrel? And so um, that's sadly what I think is happening. We're going to see oil prices come down, gas prices come down, but they're only coming down because you're not driving to grandma's at Thanksgiving if, if you don't have any money. And so we'll have an oil increase of supply, but only because we're not using it because of our lousy economy. And that's tragic, right? That It doesn't have to be this way. Um, I, I, I do swear, I hope I am wrong. I hope the markets are wrong. I'm not cheering against Biden. I'm cheering for America 100%. Yeah. But, but sadly, that's where I think we're headed. And when you mentioned his trip to Saudi Arabia to talk to them about producing more, we could be producing more here, could we not? Absolutely. I mentioned, you know, uh, um, the steps that we have to go through in the permitting process to extract oil. The Secretary of the Interior, who flies under the radar, uh, Deb Holland, she controls most of our land use in, in this country, most of our permitting process. You know, a million acres of, of oil and gas leases were removed from Alaska. A million acres were removed from the Gulf of Mexico. Um, acres were removed from the Atlantic coast, the Pacific coast. On, on um, Passover Friday, Good Friday, at 4.30 in the afternoon that she announced uh, only 20% of available leases would be made to oil and gas as opposed to the 100% of the land uh, that they had promised. And so they continue to punish us and make it impossible to do our job. And, and why would we? Why would you start drilling and go through the process of personnel, equipment, the risk. Yeah, you, you really don't know if there's oil there until you drill. You hope there is. Your geologists assure you there is, but you don't know until you drill. And that's $10 million gamble. Yeah. Am I going to take that gamble if I think Biden and Deb Holland are going to punish me every step of the way? So it's, I wish I had better news. I do. And I'm, I'm such a happy person. I like to talk about good things and there's a lot to love, but I always have bad news. Well, that's an unfortunate part of your job, but it is good to be realistic about this. And again, I think what's so sad is if we have to depend on other countries for certain things, then we become sort of their pawns. I, yeah. There's really no other way to say it. If we have to go begging, as it were, to other countries for stuff, for answers to why COVID happened, for oil, for lithium, mm -hmm. the less independent we are and the less independent each individual in this country is. And I, it just drives me insane. Um, so you are a happy guy and I'm glad we had you. And I'm sorry that you had bad news, but your happy countenance makes me a little optimistic. You're, you seem like a happy warrior and that's the kind of person we need. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. I love this industry. I love this country. And when we can rebound, and we will, we just need cooperation uh, from, from the government, uh, from, from a, an administration that celebrates this. I mean, fossil fuels is, is thoroughly American, right? I mean, Rockefeller. Right? I mean, we, we discovered this. We, we invented it. We took this sludge from the ground and turned it into a product that's cheaper than bottled water, a, a, ten, a tenth the price of bottled water. And that's remarkable. And we've eradicated diseases because of it. And we've moved the middle class. Uh, we created the middle class and we've provided autonomy for people and livelihoods for families. I mean, it's what has made our country what it is and what's made the first world and the world what it is. So I will always celebrate fossil fuels. I just wish we had a president that did too. But you celebrate it, and I love being on your program. So thank you. Daniel, um, hopefully we're in the middle of a pendulum swing, and 
and things will turn a, a way that makes you and the future happier about energy. Uh, Daniel Turner from Power the Future. Can't thank you enough. Thanks for your happy countenance. And uh, we'll keep our fingers crossed. Thank you. This has been Sideline Sanity. Be brave and do good out there. Thank you. So with the economy the way that it is, which is not great, makes you think about what is smart investing these days. I was given a gift of gold by my mom. My husband and I were gifted some gold for a wedding anniversary and we're really grateful. And I am really grateful to Charles Thorngren, who grow, who joins us now from Legacy Precious Metals, a sponsor of Sideline Sanity. Charles, we appreciate you so much. You know, we're hearing more and more about how inflation ain't transitory after all, and it may be here a while. And, you know, food shelves are getting, the lines are longer. It, this is really, it's not the America I grew up in, and it's, it's worrying a lot of people. So if, if someone's thinking about investing, what do you tell them? You, you know, it's, it's an interesting conversation. Investing nowadays, uh, we, we want to go back to kind of the basics, really, where diversification has always been key. And, and we hear it. We've been told it ad nauseum, you know, diversify, diversify. And then everyone puts all their money in the stock market and wonders <laughs> why when there's a pullback, they're in trouble. Diversity means asset class diversity as well. You know, some real estate, um, some precious metals. These are the things that gives your portfolio the legs to stand through all the storms that will happen financially. And, and, and we know that they happen. They happen continuously and they recur. So that's what diversity is truly meant to do. And that's why people used to talk about diversity. So when people see the value of the dollar declining or they see inflation, um, how do you get the average person like me to understand that gold can still be appreciating or that gold can protect right. against that stuff? How, how does that make sense for people? You know, the, the easiest way to look at it is if you look at gold, right? Gold is the anti-dollar investment. As a dollar gets weaker, gold gets stronger. And we know that because it takes more dollars to buy that gold, just like cars cost more now, right? Um, Anytime you have inflation, the item that you're buying costs more. The difference with gold is that it doesn't devalue. It's considered a alternative currency. Basically, when you say that I don't have complete faith that this financial system is not built on a house of cards, or I don't have complete faith in, in what the current Fed is doing to fight inflation, this is where gold comes in. And this is where we see people increase their amount of gold because a diversified portfolio should have some gold regardless. We need to remember that the United States Fed says 2 to 3% inflation is ideal. So that means for the average saver, if your retirement account's invested – and it's based in dollars, that you're going to lose 60% of your purchasing power to inflation by the time you're ready to retire. And that's under the best of terms. And now we can talk about the, oh, it's transitory. Oh, no, maybe I was wrong. Um, maybe we need to do half basis points every month for the rest of the year and then see where it's at next year. These are scary things that mm -hmm. the experts are trying to tell us that maybe we didn't have it right. And this is why people have gold. And this is why it offers that protection. 
It's interesting. Uh, I, you know, I think people think, well, if I'm investing in gold, do I actually possess the gold in, you know, I have it in a safe? Do I have, how do you get gold? How do you keep gold? Right. And, and physical gold. I mean, this is what we do. So yes, if you're buying it outside of an IRA, we can deliver it right to your home and you can put it in your own safe. You can put it in your safety deposit box. If you don't feel comfortable with that, we do offer storage for our clients as well. Okay. So there's lots of options. Uh, in the IRA, it's stored for you, just like your IRA account. You don't have access to those stocks. So if you were to take funds from your IRA, you could make that investment and you'd have the retirement account invested in the precious metals as well. And it would be handled just like every other IRA account. That's really interesting. And, and now I'm going to ask you a tough one, and I hope you'll forgive me, but I'm just going to be candid uh, and, and ask what I think might be coming to people's minds. Sure. If the experts in Washington are making all these mistakes or they were wrong about inflation, then they're going to look at you and say, hey, Charles, why should I trust what you're telling me and why legacy precious metals is the place to go? I'm, I'm asking this in an honest sure. way because I because I, I know you want to be transparent about this stuff. So how would you Absolutely. answer that? You know, it really is. is I'm not a politician. Um, <laughs> I have no desire to be a politician. I like what I do, right? I help people prepare their finances. I help people with their retirements. I help people set up their funds so that their children and their grandchildren have something that's there. This is what I do. This is what I do for uh, enjoyment. Um, uh, very big in economics. Um, um, but metals is that thing that it's an alternative asset, right? When I was a stockbroker 30 plus years ago, it was unique kind of then. And then everybody was a stockbroker and everyone had stocks and there was nothing different. There was no protection. Everyone said the same thing. To me, it didn't make sense for everyone to be doing the same thing. If we all do the same thing, then we all fall together. And we know that if you follow the government's direction, you're buying into whatever they want to sell you. Now, it used to be politics was a little different. We've gotten into a place where we can't say that anymore. It's not always for the people. It's, we see that. We see that what they're doing with the economy itself. We know that we have to have something else. And this is why we do what we do here at Legacy. And my history is, is why people should, you know, give us a call, chat with us and see if it makes sense for them. Last thing I want to ask you about is I remember 2008 and I know a lot of people mm -hmm. do. And, it, 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 you know, that was a crash and there have been other crashes. But why is it that when the economy crashes, gold has historically risen? I know you said it's sort of the anti-dollar. Right. Is there a way in layman's terms to explain why that happens? It's, it's the safe place. Right. When, when there's so much risk out there and people are losing so much money, they just want safety. Mm -hmm. So l let's look at inflation. We know right now we're running close to eight and a half percent. Yeah. Uh, we can dig some real numbers out there and we can debate that, but we'll just take that number as it is. We'll use eight percent. That means everything costs you eight percent more this year than it did last year. And we know it's going to go higher because the Fed's already promised us a lot more interest rate raises right to fight inflation but we know it's not enough when they say things like we'll try to raise half a basis point 
five times over the next six months and see where the economy's at next year, that in itself lets you know you need to find something that doesn't put your livelihood in their hands. They're, they're juggling an economy and the stock market, and that was never meant to be that way. So you have to protect yourself. And this is where gold comes in because it is the anti-dollar. The weaker the dollar gets, the stronger gold gets. And, you know, 2008, I remember after it happened, um, the people that would call and try to salvage their retirement accounts. And it was a very devastating time. People would call and they would be crying that they can't retire now. They have to continue to work. They're 67 years old and their plans are gone because they lost half their value. And that's devastating. You know, but this is where those who were involved in gold, they saw gold almost double in price. It offset the losses. It offset the losses. So again, Charles is not suggesting that you put all your money in one place, no. that not even gold, but diversify your assets and precious metals is a good way to go. And legacy precious metals is the only company I trust when I talk about and do my investing in gold and silver, and you can contact them as well legacypminvestments.com legacypminvestments.com I don't know why you would waste another minute thinking about it just talk to them I mean just ask them see what your situation can can manage and handle and might require and just get some answers uh, Charles I appreciate your time thanks for this it's been very educational my pleasure my pleasure thank you Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.